You're listening to a podcast presented by Providencia West Palm Beach, a church that exists for the flourishing of all people located in the city center of West Palm Beach, Florida. Our hope is to love our city, listen to your story, and practice the grace of God. We hope you enjoy this content. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I'm jumping to verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in these days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This ends the reading of the word of God. This is the famous story of Pentecost, which is the official end of the Easter season where we've celebrated 50 days. And it begins a new chapter of the story of the church and a new chapter of church history the chapter that we are all in just now, and the chapter that this church memorial is participating in. It is the chapter where the church, where the believers are empowered by the Spirit to continue the work of Jesus until his return. This is a dramatic and confusing scene where people from all over the world have gathered in the temple of Jerusalem to celebrate the feast of first fruits. Locals were convinced that the strange occurrence of people speaking and other languages could only be because that they were drunk. But Peter refutes them, saying it is too early to be drunk. Well, clearly Peter had never been to Scotland. Maddie and I just got back from a little trip. We were in Italy and Scotland, and language can be such a barrier. I'm not sure what was more difficult for Maddie, the Italians or the Scots, but we can feel silly, we can feel clumsy, when we fumble through the few phases that we know in a language. Maybe we try and order some food for the server only to respond to us in perfect English. Language can open doors to new places, to new people, to new careers, and to new opportunities. But also language can be a barrier. It can make you feel left out. It can make you feel that experiences, rituals, and places are off limits for you that they are something that you are not able to fully participate in. They are off bounds. This just isn't for you. And 
at one of my previous jobs, I, when I was a student at PBA, when I was a grad student at PBA, um, I was a graduate assistant for Dr. Grants, who some of you know. Um, and I got a phone call in my office saying, Jordan, um, PBA has a new, a new soccer player um, from Scotland, and we need you to come and translate for him. And I went, aye, very well then. And I hung up because I thought I was being pranked, because we do speak English in Scotland. And then a few seconds later, the phone rang again and said, no, Jordan, we are really serious. We need you to come and translate for this soccer player. And I was like, all right, whatever. So I, I went over to the office, assuming like I would open the door and they'd be like, we got you. And there was this six foot four, like third degree burnt, sunburnt, ginger, Scottish guy. And I was like, that's my guy. So I went up to him and said, hi, I'm Jordan. Um, how are you doing? And he's like, oh, I need bought probably I just came out. I got this flight from Scotland and now I'm trying to get my classes and trying to fit my house and I see what's going on. And I said, you do need a translation. This guy is as thick as they come with his accent, not his intelligence. Um, but language can be such a barrier for us. And we see this in this story in Acts here, that the temple and Jewish worship was all about the Hebrew language. It was rigid and it was formulaic that those that participated in the, the rituals of temple life, it was all done in Hebrew. The scriptures were in Hebrew for those that could read him, and the, relig the religious practices were all done in Hebrew. The foreigners to speak their language in the temple courts, other than being weird, was almost blasphemous. That was a Hebrew-only zone. For foreigners to praise God in their own tongues in the temple courts was a sign that something radical was going on, something different was happening, that the spirit of the temple, the God of the temple was reaching out beyond the temple courts to embrace all the nations of the world into the worship of God. Pentecost is not a festival that we celebrate with any great fervor, and the Holy Spirit is something that we as Presbyterians don't have the closest of relationships with. It is there, but it's something that we don't dabble in. Tongues is for other denominations. Maybe that's for the folks in West Virginia that have snakes in their service. The Spirit is something so much more than just a gift to the individual. It's something that empowers, something that guides, and something that builds community around it. It is the intimate fabric that knits our shared vision for community and for the future together. Not just a gift to the individual, but it's about a life that is translated, a life lived with subtitles that for those who are around can see that it is a life and a person and a community that is being transformed by the Spirit of God. Today we're going to look at three points, reversing disunity, remaining different, and repenting and dispersing. Um, throughout these points, I'm going to um, have some folks read the Lord's Prayer in their native language. So we're going to have everyone's favorite Hanguk Saram, Jin Hanley, read in Korean all the way from Arkansas. So if you could hit the play there, we'll, we'll take a moment to listen to Jen reading the Lord's Prayer in Korean. 하늘에 계신 우리 아버지여, 이름이 거룩히 여김을 받으시오며, 나라에 임합시오며, 뜻이 하늘에서 이루어진 것 같이 땅에서도 이루어지이다. 오늘날 우리에게 일용할 양식을 주옵시고, 우리가 우리에게 죄 지은 자를 사여 준것 같이. 우리의 죄를 사하여 주옵시고 우리를 시험에 들게 하지 마옵시며 다만 악에서 구하옵소서 대개 나라와 권세와 영광이 아버지께 영원히 있사옵나이다. 아멘
reversing disunity. Some of you here may have had charismatic experiences. You may have grown up in churches that celebrate the speaking of tongues. If you have done, that is great. I do think, however, that the text draws us to see that the gift of tongues is something beyond the individual. It's something that shows us that there's power in different human languages. There's power in different human experiences. And that God is work at work, moving from the inner sanctuary of the temple out to the nations, embracing all people of the earth, those that are religiously clean and unclean, male, female, slave or Jew, all are being embraced in this new vision for shared humanity as the spirit goes out from the temple into all parts of the world, even here in South Florida. The spirit is blowing and drawing all nations to the worship of God of Israel, so much bigger than just the individual. This stage here in the temple only makes sense in the full sense or the wider picture of scripture. It would have been a chaotic and bizarre scene, maybe sounded like music for a sushi restaurant. We have to look back to Genesis and other parts of the Bible to really get a glimpse for what this picture really means. We see it, as Dylan alluded to in his confession about Babel. Babel was the moment where man tried to rise up and build a tower so they could reach toward God. And language descending upon humankind was something that enabled, there was, it was harder for man to communicate with one another. That language was a product of sin, in a sense. That the inability to communicate made it harder for people um, to become more like God. And this is being reversed in Pentecost. And at the temple, the spirit dwelled in the innermost room of the temple, in the holiest of holies. And somebody only went in there one time a year. It was the high priest, the high priest who was seen as the holiest, most religious person in all of Israel. He would go into the temple one time a year after going through an arduous process of sacrifice and ritual. And then just in case they got something wrong, they tied a rope around his ankle. So if he was struck down, they could still pull him out of the holiest of holies. So the spirit of God was off limits for all but one person on one day a year. But now the scene is that the Spirit has moved from that innermost sanctum of the temple to dwell on all believers, and not just Jewish believers, but male, female, slave, Jew, Gentile, and even us here 2,000 years later. That that picture could not be more radical, that the Spirit leaves the innermost part of the temple and goes and disperses in different languages and different nations to all people that were present there. The temple was static and it was bureaucratic, and it was only for the few. This is a new era where foreign tongues utter praises to God in the temple courts, where the lowly are empowered to be the ones who go out to preach, and where the God of Israel goes out to all the nations, telling them, telling them that the kingdom of God is at hand. Peter, in his sermon, is quoting the book of Joel that promised that one day the Spirit would be poured out onto all people, men, women, young and old, where there'd be dreams, where there would be visions, and where the Spirit is poured out on all nations and all people, male, female, young and old. The speaking and understanding of other languages shows that the Spirit is moving beyond Jerusalem to all parts of the world. It is folks like you and I that will be the heralds, normal, everyday folks, not the elite, educated priests and Pharisees, but everyday folks like you and I, who are the ones who are called to go out to all corners of the earth. Eugene Peterson, who offered the message Bible, he describes this as God put on clothes 
and moved into the neighborhood. That's how he describes the incarnation. And when the spirit dwells in us, that is our call to go out into all parts of the earth, taking the message of God with us wherever we would be. Our second point today is remaining different. Difference is not something that we are good at celebrating, especially in the church. We have such an embarrassment of riches of what type of, what type of church we could go to here in the States that we have churches that are highly curated to meet specific needs and specific likes. We attract people who are like us. If folks come, they're implicitly encouraged to become more like us. I'm not sure what we ask of people that come to Providencia. Maybe they start watching This Is Us. Maybe they get typed on the Enneagram and maybe they drink more expensive coffee. I don't know what the implicit things are that we ask people to do to participate in the culture that we are creating. In this country, often America is described as a cultural melting pot. And I think this has a slightly negative implication that in order for us to tolerate you fully, some part of what makes you, you, has to be melted away until there's just enough left that is tolerable for our palate. What if we thought of more about being a cultural salad? We could have a Korean cucumber. We could have a Tongan tomato or a Lithuanian lettuce. Those, aren't, those who aren't from here tend to conform to the dominant culture. Only speaking their native language at home for fear they might be chastised in school or the workplace of we speak English here. Maybe they don't want to bring their food that mum cooks them to the house or to the office because some of the locals may be offended by it smelling a little bit too strong. Speaking a language of an other person shows that you care, that you have taken the time and that you want to communicate to the core of who that person is. The spirit of God is moving from the rigidity and religiosity of the temple to a spirit that runs after those from other lands and empowers them to take this message of forgiveness and of the spirit of God being at hand to all corners of the world. What would it look like for us as a community here at Providencia to embrace diversity, be it politically, culturally, theologically? I think because we have so many options of what church we can go to and of how our structure and how our society is structured that we rarely interact with those that are different from us, those that are substantively different from us. And it requires so much work and so much effort for us to be proximate to people that are different from us. The early church did not have that problem. They were a ragtag group of believers who were knit together from all walks of life. I think that may look like something like a New York subway cart, where there is the rich, there is the poor, there is the homeless, there is the American, there is the foreigner, there is the healthy, there is the sick, and there is the person who is a little bit scary. That is a sort of group that the early church would have been comprised of. The Spirit is enabling speakers and believers to hear and to understand other human languages that they did not already know. And that was a sign that God was on the move, that God was embracing those who were on the margins, and God was chasing after those who had not already been embraced by the Spirit. And thus, we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit was once off limits, like we talked about, save for one day a year for the holiest guy in all of Israel. That Spirit now dwells in all of us, 
We are the temples of the Holy Spirit. Willie Jennings says that God is ahead of us and we are continually chasing after him, trying to catch up. What languages are we not hearing? Where are we not looking? Language has been used to chastise, to oppress, and to leave others feeling like they cannot fully participate in what we are doing. The church was born out of diversity, and the Spirit needs to enable us to seek after difference and to figure of ways where we can commune and create community with those who are not like us, which could be an especially powerful tool in this ever-growing culture of polarization. We have to articulate a faith that doesn't seek to conform into one likeness, but seeks to find common ground amongst difference and seeks to listen and seeks to find faith that communes together and to go where it is uncomfortable and to go where the Spirit leads. I'm now going to ask Fred to come up um, and read the Lord's Prayer in Japanese. しゅのお祈り。天に増します我々の父よ。願わく皆あがあがませように。御国切らすため most of you will know that uh, Matty and I are planning a wedding right now. Well, rather, it's Matty and the planner that are doing the bulk of the work for planning the wedding. But if we had the service, we had the ceremony, and then we didn't have the reception, you would feel shortchanged. It may be cheaper for me, but you would definitely feel shortchanged. And I think something similar to this is happening in this scene of the early church here in Jerusalem, that they had waited so long for this moment to happen. And as soon as the Spirit dwells, that in the next few verses, we see that persecution comes to the church, and the church is scattered to all corners of the earth. From this place of union and celebration, and after waiting for so long for the promises of the Old Testament to be fulfilled in the church, the church isn't called to stay in Jerusalem. They are called to go out to all nations and to all corners of the earth. You think maybe after thousands of years of promise of this gift waiting to be given, the people may have been given a little bit of time just to enjoy it or start to figure things out of what does it look like to build the church. How do we navigate a diverse, multinational community? But it is shortly after that this happens that they are dispersed and persecution starts of the church in Israel. And I think for us, it's easy to have a posture of looking to preserve what we have. This is not necessarily because we are not open to others, but because it's just a little easier. It's more comfortable and it requires doing things just the way that we're used to doing them. We don't have to think about how others view and how others participate in what we do. It's hard with our social and religious structures in this country, in this culture, to come across folks that are different 
promise, especially in a church setting. And we've participated in conversations with Tabernacle Church, which has been a great example of how we can have these conversations. But they require so much work to posture ourselves to get close to these sort of conversations. We need to have a posture of what it looks like to welcome those that speak all tongues. And that is not just listening to the readers that speak Korean or Japanese, but it's not just listening to the words, it's being open to the speaker themselves, being open to the speaker's views, being open to their cultural experience, and being open to the different ways they experience God and they experience community. If we have an ear for those things, collectively, we will have a fuller picture of what the kingdom of God looks like. And increasingly, how we can, we can model how we can work better with others who look different and who practice differently from we do. And I think the church can be a place that models how to have a diverse community. Sometimes we want to keep what we have for ourselves. We like it and it works. However, Pentecost shows us that something much bigger is happening. The Spirit builds and the Spirit guides, and it's so much more than just a gift for the individual. The Spirit is the fabric that ties us all together, that knits friend and foe with one another, because the Spirit is drawing all nations of the earth together to proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand and that there is forgiveness of sins. Pentecost shows us that God is reachable, that we no longer need to take the long journey up the temple road because the Spirit dwells amongst you. It dwells amongst us in the pew next to you. It also shows us that practice and participation in worship is attainable to all. We do not have to be ritually clean. I mean, can't only come one day a year or by birth or by conversion. We worship because the Spirit dwells in us and amongst us. And lastly, the Spirit dwells amongst us. It is no longer just in the holiest of holies. It is in you, it is in me, and it is in the person next to you. The Spirit dwells in us so that we may go out and bring the kingdom of God a hand to those who are ready to hear. Let us pray. Thanks for joining us for this episode. The work we do is made possible by your partnership and generosity. If you enjoyed the content and would like to support our work, please visit providenciawpb.org and click on the Give link. The music you hear in the beginning and end of our show was written, produced, and recorded by our music collective, Paradise Hymns. Find their original songs wherever you stream music. Thanks again, and have a blessed day.